0: This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com, and we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast.
1: I got you laughing. Ha-ha.
0: <laughs> the Runny Drink Podcast. Yes, this is episode 77. This is part two of our recap of our weekend in Anchorage, Alaska. And of course, I'm your host, Amy, who is still recovering from the jet lag that was 14 hours in a plane.
1: And I'm the class clown, Dana, who had the host laughing before uh, <laughs> the intro music started. So sorry about that. <laughs>
0: Have you recovered from the plane flight?
1: I haven't known what time it is all week long.
0: I'm telling you, I just, wow. That was an amazing trip, but I feel like when we make the plans for somewhere like Alaska or Hawaii or California or anywhere where we're going to have a- three
1: or more time zone changes.
0: Where- We're going to have a massive difference in time and several connected flights or one big long one. We really need to look at building in time after the race to enjoy and then time at home to recover from the travel.
1: You're not wrong, but really (laughs) what got us on this trip uh, is that it was 14 hours up and about 12 hours back back.
0: I felt longer on the way back. It did. Yeah,
1: it did. But the, you know, just keep in mind when you get to California, you're only <laughs> halfway to, you're only halfway to Alaska at that point.
0: I, I love how you're uh, so fond of telling me that we were closer to Russia when we were in Alaska.
1: Well, from Is what that? I, from what I remember from a famous politician who Hailed from Alaska, they could see see Russia from their backyard or I, something like that. Well, so, I don't know who you're talking about. But so yeah. Anyway, whatever. We don't get political here.
0: No, we're anti the political discussion. No. We just want to bring everybody together on the running, the eating, and the drinking
1: things that can really unite and not divide people. Right. Although there might be some division as to what the you know perfect race length is
0: true enough because in the anchorage run fest you know last week we recapped the one miler and that could be the perfect distance for people
1: it was pretty awesome i'm not was, gonna lie sure, Man's it was before, a great run
0: before you turn around it's over and you're celebrating or on sunday you had a variety of low of distances to choose from at the anchorage run fest for example You had the 5K. That was the shortest distance on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You had the half marathon. No 10K. No 10K. Okay. Which I think you've talked about as the perfect distance.
1: That's my perfect distance.
0: Yeah. But anyway, I digress. It was not there at the Anchorage Run Fest. The half marathon.
1: Which is what we ran and what we're talking about today.
0: 13.1 miles. Just FYI. Or the marathon. Or the 49K. And I also believe that the marathon had a, a relay option because I saw a relay exchange on our course. Okay. Because we shared the course with the 49K, the half, and the full all shared the same course. And the 5K, but we didn't really come across any 5K runners because they started much later than we did.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. On that race course, we were actually – it's an there's an out and back – And we were seeing some of the same people a couple of times. And I'm like, wow, we're either really slow or they're really fast or both. And they had more distance to cover. But they had far more distance to cover. So they were doing the out and backs and we were seeing Mm -hmm. them on the way out with us and then catching them again, meeting them on the course.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Including some of our favorite people. We did happen
1: to run into America's coach on the course.
0: And his wife. They they were together. You know what? I love that. I love that they run together. I love they run together.
1: I love that they run together, and I love that they use the cutting-edge sports nutrition that is a bottle of Coca-Cola
0: or Sprite Sprite
1: as their (laughs) sports nutrition drink of choice on the race course. I think that's awesome.
0: And do you know that uh, we've talked about how we've been running for 10 years. Well,
1: Amateurs, by comparison.
0: Yeah, we're amateurs because he's like, I've been running for over almost 60 years. <laughs> it's, but he, he's on that race course with his flat Coke and she's there with her flat Sprite because she doesn't want the caffeine. Right. Cause it, cause you know, different things will do different things to your and, in- intestinal distress
1: he talks about that a lot in his talks yeah he'll he'll tell you if you haven't used um supplements that have caffeine the worst time to experiment is race day
0: like blocks or beans or gels
1: exactly yeah yeah but he but back when he came up in running at the beginning they didn't have heck i don't even think they had gatorade at that time
0: i don't even know what they had but they surely didn't have the variety of Gels, sports beans, blocks, all of those bars, those kinds of things. So, and I'll tell you, during the first part of our running career, I did
1: use flat coke. You still have some days where I think you default back to that.
0: And I do. Yeah. It just depends on the distance and the training and, or in the race, if I think "Mm, maybe it's, it's hot and I might need some of that sugar or do I trust the the sport beans or the gels that they might have on the course and that kind of thing.
1: I think it all depends on how your stomach's feeling that day you go out to Mm -hmm. run. Um, For me, it's temperature. If it's super hot outside, I don't want to eat anything. I I, I don't wake up hungry in the summertime. Normally I'm good to go till almost noon or afternoon for my first meal. And that goes for days where I have a run planned and I'll, I'll make myself not eat.
0: It just depends on you everybody's individual I'll make myself and eat. how how your gut right. processes the stress of running. Yep. Yeah. So
1: So it's there adorable you go. to see them using some old it's school adorable. methods. You said and adorable. It is, and I say that, but they're like so much faster than us. Oh and, my God. And, and it's so funny because they're using like a fifteen second walk, fifteen second run interval, and oh they're just Cooking on the course. I think that,
0: that it took them like five hours and change to do that marathon.
1: And there were just tons of people out there doing, you know, a variety of of strategies to handle the course. Some, mm-hmm. some walking, some running, some combination of the like two, us. like us. Yeah. Um, and it was it was just great. Everybody was super cool, um, regardless so, of which run they were running. They
0: were so friendly. I Everybody mean, was. You know what I enjoyed about this? And we haven't even broken down like the actual terrain and, and No we're getting to that. We're I know we're getting to that. But what I really liked is everybody there, from the volunteers to the police at the very start of the course that were helping navigate traffic on the roads for the very short period of time we were on roads. The volunteers at the water stops, the people who were a part of the Anchorage Running Club, just cheering people on. Mm-hmm. What I, it there and, and the runners at all distances were so friendly and so encouraging.
1: They really were. Yeah. Right down to the. The high schoolers that were out there helping, yeah, whether their parents dragged them along or their school club was was volunteering, volunteering, whatever, whatever. the case may be,
0: yeah, and it, it wasn't the type of race where you had a whole lot of on course um, audiences, I would say, for lack of a better term, like like cheering sections signs and things like that the way that you would have say at a donna course
1: no it was not as crowded along the course with with cheer sections participants donna had family or cheering disney them on. yeah yeah but you had something at least every couple of miles yeah so you really didn't have a, a lack of of People cheering you on. I mean, you, the people at the oh, water mean stops. Oh, you like people at the water stops
0: and yeah. that, at the aid stations. At the aid stations
1: and the water stops, you actually had re- a crowd there going clapping. And, or the
0: on-course entertainment.
1: And we had uh, several bits of that. Yeah. <laughs> so whether it was native drummers, whether it was bagpipes, bagpipes. Um. There was a guy playing a. Uh, I believe he's playing guitar.
0: Well, we had a drummer on the way out, and then we had a guitar at one point mm-hmm. on the way back in, and we had a singing group as well by the water. Yes. So, there was a variety, and just it was a different kind of on course support in terms of cheering you on, but at the, it was still great.
1: So let's break down the the course for everybody.
0: Yeah. So. There were different start times for the forty nine K for the marathon, for the half marathon. The five K started the latest. And we started in the half marathon distance at eight forty five.
1: Which was super late. Yeah, because for, for what we're accustomed to anyway.
0: Uh, like normally even at Donna we're starting earlier than that. Yeah, I think seven seven thirty. We're up at the crack of dawn, three AM to get in the corrals and then start usually around five thirty. So it was, for a morning race start, it was really later.
1: Yeah, it was one of the latest morning starts that we've ever had.
0: hmm The course started out on the roads of downtown Anchorage. And that's where our police support came in to keep us safe and navigate the traffic. Mm-hmm. And then it went into the Tony Knowles Coastal Trail.
1: Which is less than a mile. Mm -hmm. You're not on the surface streets of downtown very long at all.
0: Not even a mile because the first mile marker was on the trail.
1: And it is flat and then downhill heading into the trail. Mm -hmm. The drawback to that, and we'll get to it towards the end, (laughs) is that this is an out-and-back course, so you know what that means.
0: Yeah. I mean, you can infer. (laughs) So we had the Tony Knowles coastal, coastal trail and it was just beautiful water and paved trail with amazing and huge trees. Yeah. And like rivers of water periodically.
1: Yeah, you had you had little little creeks, you had the, the, Westchester the bay Lagoon. off to our right forever. Yeah. So at one point we had the Alaska Railway.
0: Yeah, we had a the train came by, and I think that's a first for us, is it not?
1: I believe it is.
0: Yeah, to have a train pass us or like go along with us on the course oh, very it briefly passes. before he passed <laughs> us. Yeah, and bagpipes right at the same time, but that uh, was pretty cool. That was and the first mile, two miles before you get into the really large trees. And lots of shaded area. That
1: was the best. Yeah. So that's what it's like to run in shade. It was glorious.
0: Yeah. Before that, it was the beautiful water. And you could see... uh, I don't know. Was it whales?
1: There were... I don't know
0: because I couldn't tell because I can't see there, out that
1: far. You know me. There were porpoises, uh, Arctic porpoises. I forget what they're called up there. But, whales? Are um, they whales? Or? Yeah, they're they're I don't know. They're a type of whale out in the water. This bay has these big mud flats that go out for about three hundred yards. Yeah, and don't. When, when the tide that. goes out, you <laughs> you look at that, and I, I from what they were we were being told on the race course, a lot of people get. Really jammed up going out there, they get yeah. stuck. they have to get rescued. some people don't make it. Um, so
0: the answer is from, signage
1: that says, "Do not go out here and
0: from the trail, you have a beautiful vista.
1: It's better seen.
0: just enjoy it from the Tony Knowles coaster trail,
1: yeah, that's the safest way,
0: yeah, so that uh, there was there were plenty of water stops and porta potties.
1: Oh, hold on. This gets us to our discussion. Yeah. Um you said there're plenty of water stops. Yes. We brought it up last week. Mm-hmm. We asked you guys what the what is your feeling? Should you bring your own hydration pack uh-huh. or should you trust the on-course support? And again, I put it out on social media, you guys answered us 50-50 split. Yeah. 50-50 split. Uh, everybody's, you know, kind of either in the trust yeah. no one camp or in the I will bring my own and or I'll, I'll just go with whatever they have. Well, yeah. we said we'd tell you what we did. So <laughs> we split the difference. We, we, <laughs> we packed our hydration packs and then based on whatever we saw during the one miler with how well it was organized... And the expo, we tossed a coin. We threw caution to the wind. And on race day for this day, we left our hydration packs empty back in the hotel room. So we packed we them. We shouldn't
0: even have packed them.
1: We shouldn't have even packed <laughs> them. We went through all the, the consternation of trying to find room in our luggage and leaving stuff at home yeah. and all that, only to bring them and not use them.
0: Yeah, we did. Well, I talked to Barb at the expo and she said, you know, they put water stops where they can along the trail wherever wherever they can set up tables and the coolers and where they're able to do it and it's pretty plentiful. So she said if you think you're you might need it more than every 3 miles, then bring it. And I felt like mm, no. I feel like that's going to be a nice interval for The water, the Gatorade, the... Two to
1: three miles, I think, especially if it's not super hot out. Yeah. It's perfect.
0: So I felt comfortable not bringing, and they delivered. They had it out there.
1: They really did. This was, I think, one of the best prepared race courses that we've done Mm -hmm. that's not a Disney race.
0: Yeah, they were ready. It was awesome. So I am so glad that I didn't have the extra weight of the backpack mm-hmm. because that can slow you down.
1: It do- Well, it does. I mean, the you're a fully loaded. Like we, I, I have a, a Camelback Lobo, which is their low profile one, usually for cyclists, but mm-hmm. also for running. Yeah. Even fully loaded, it's 100 ounces of water. Mm-hmm. So that's 28 ounces under a gallon. So that's about seven pounds, six pounds. Then when you throw in your goose and any other junk you're going to carry with you on your race.
0: Like a poncho. You're looking at about
1: eight pounds on your back, which doesn't sound like a lot. And it's not for a mile. Right. But when you get into mile nine, mile 10, mile 11, it starts to to get heavy.
0: Right. So I think it was smart to leave it behind based on the feedback that we got when we were there and what we saw of the initial race, the one miler that we had and that we did.
1: So, yeah. Paved course that hmm. goes from out on the water into this, the uh, you know over these creeks and through this beautiful uh, forest.
0: Oh, and there were tunnels and there tunnels. Were, mm-hmm, there were some tunnels, you know, connecting the different parts of the trail. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I took off my sunglasses at those points in time, and that those were opportune times where if something was tight, I could stop, and I actually had some railing to stretch anything out.
1: Yeah, which it, was nice. This is basically a linear park that goes for over 6 miles.
0: And then there was a turnaround.
1: And it's so well um equipped. I mean, yeah. you know, the the footbridges that go over the water are yeah. are in great shape. They have mm-hmm. trash cans. They at the water stations they had porta-potties yep. at each water station. So you yeah. never really went without. Every 2 to 3 miles you mm-hmm. had relief.
0: Yeah. So it was well done. I think the challenge in this race was not the temperature for us because we have trained in humidity and heat. I think the challenge was the wind.
1: Well, okay. Let's talk about the temperature for the for a second. Though. Yeah. We're talking high of like 72 yes. by noon? Yes. So that meant that the temperatures were in the 50s and 60s most of the race course.
0: Yeah, and like Jeff says, and like he talked about in the... Uh, pasta feed where they had the guest speakers, Bart Yasso and Jeff and Marco Chissetto. He used his time to impart wisdom about anything over 55 degrees is going to slow you down to a certain degree Mm -hmm. and it's important to hydrate, even though you might feel like the weather is beautiful and you don't need it as much. You're not thinking of it as much. That is the challenge. And I've
1: made that mistake and actually went to Jeff with that and said, Hey, I went out Mm I did a training run here one, one evening, did 13 miles, and I felt great for the first nine. I Ooh, mean, it was, I remember it was dry. One. It was cool. It was fantastic. I mean, I was running way more than I normally did, Ooh. and I didn't feel it until about mile 10, 11. I remember the texts from Oh, you. it was rough. I yeah. mean, I, I I was smoked by the end of that one. So he's not wrong about all of that. No. But I will say this. If you are a hot weather state denizen, if you come from a state that doesn't normally get this kind of weather in this time of year, yeah. and you're looking for a, a marathon, a half marathon or a marathon course where you are looking for a mostly flat course where you could, yeah. you could maybe PR, mm. this might be a good one for you because the temperatures, even... Even though they were under heat advisory with temperatures between 50... In the 50s to 70s, let's just say they have their normal temperatures there from the 30s to the 50s. Right. That would be perfect. Yeah. And it was still perfect for us.
0: Yes. Yes. Now, uh, so the wind... At times, it was a tailwind or a headwind.
1: Yeah, that that wind was no joke. No, and it, it
0: like it, a sand and whatever is in your hair coming from the trees. Well,
1: they the wind started picking up at what mile four? I think so. About mile yeah. four, and it once it started, it really didn't stop. It, no. it started picking up, and it was it was. Breezy at first, but then it got just flat out windy to the point where we had sustained winds for times of 14, 15 miles an hour.
0: And they said that there were people out on the course when there was a sandstorm.
1: Well, in the, we in we one had of their l-
0: recaps in there. We had a little, we had wet- a little
1: dust devil kind of yeah. that we were running in Looked at one like a point. A little
0: wind tornado, yeah, that we passed well, through. Yeah, I mean it wasn't that bad. But, but <laughs>
1: while we were running through the through the forest, we could hear. Trees cracking. limbs yes. Cracking.
0: And you know what was great? <laughs> Before know. we got to the turnaround, I think you have footage of what happened to me. I do. We should put that on social media. We should. Week. Well, it's going to look terrible for me from behind. But, but what we came, it's the first ever instance of us Running a race where a tree had fallen and blocked the course and we had to climb over it.
1: Yeah. And what was great was as you're running, the runners coming, you're like, hey, tree fell down, fell down about a hundred yards back that way.
0: Yeah. The ones that are coming you They're back. warning
1: all the runners heading yeah. towards it.
0: Yeah. So that was so hysterical. I mean, I was like, I'm climbing over this.
1: But again, um. Kudos to the race support. Oh, yeah. We get to the turnaround. We come back. We're heading back there. We get to that spot. By the time we'd gotten back there, they had already gotten somebody with a chainsaw and chainsawed it and got it out of the way.
0: Yeah. So if you were a slower runner like us, by the time you got back to that same point on the turnaround part of the course, then you were good to go.
1: But I will tell you this the the wind is not something we normally get here.
0: No, it was. It presented its own unique challenge. And I think I had so much like sand and like debris in my hair when we were done. Well,
1: that's a challenge for you with contact lenses.
0: Well, that's true. I couldn't see.
1: And also, if you think things to think about, you know, oh, I'm in Alaska. The weather's going to be cool. I don't need to put on sunscreen. Yeah, you you probably do because you you should put a little sunscreen on. Between the sun and the wind, easy to get chapped skin. Mm -hmm. Very easy.
0: Yeah. I would say I liked this course and it was mainly flat.
1: Had, Had a few small hills.
0: Some, but there was nothing near when you think of, say, San Francisco, run the, the, run, the run the Bluegrass, yeah, that we've talked about on the podcast before. It is nothing like that. It Predominantly is like, flat. It's like an overpass. Exactly. That you would see, tiny yep. overpass.
1: Hills that are no larger than an overpass. So if yep. you're thinking about race courses to do <laughs> and and you're like, oh, I don't really want to do something super hilly. Yeah. could you Could you do a couple of overpasses in your 13 miles? You probably could.
0: And it would be fine. Although yeah, I will really.
1: say that last hill heading into um coming out <sighs> off the trail and back into downtown, it just happens to be at mile thirteen twelve.
0: Yeah, because you have to the the descent you had on the initial mile,
1: you're running you it.
0: have to ascend <laughs> to get back to the finish. So it's something to think about at the end. But it really wasn't as steep as we've seen in the past.
1: Oh, no. The the old course at Donna was much worse as far as having that whole bridge entire bridge to run. Super so, steep. Again, I would say if you're considering doing this race or you're looking for a race to go to yeah. that's Cooler temperatures. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Looking for the scenery. This one delivers.
0: Yeah. And it's different from, say, what you get in the desert southwest or in Florida or New York. Very unique. So, yeah. it's. I loved it. I would do it again. And in terms of the whole experience for me, I was so proud of you. Why? Because getting out there... After having surgery and rehabbing and, you know, doing short distances, though, that's cool. I didn't do any running. But you walked that whole thing, which I know was probably a little bit frustrating because you're thinking you want to run.
1: It was a lot frustrating. I'm not going to lie.
0: But at the same time, doing that distance, I know I would be, and I was, when I first came back from surgery, so worried and stressed, and you just handled it like a pro. Well, thank you. Like a pro, I don't know what happened to me. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I think I think jet lag, and probably just yeah. not. Yeah. One thing I would say is, if you are going to travel to this race. Travel up a day in advance. Yeah,
0: give yourself a couple of uh, days. Or
1: a day or two. A
0: couple of days. And
1: and I only say that because if you're not coming from, say, the Pacific Standard Time time zone, it's a bit of an adjustment. And even if you are coming from, say, California or Washington, you're still at the mercy of the way the sunlight behaves up there. True. You're talking, what was it, 19 hours, 18 hours of sunlight? Yeah. There. Yeah. So we were, you know, 10 o'clock at night with daylight. So it's, it's, it's very different. Yeah. And yeah. I, th- I think that was impacting you some, but I the, think it did. The, yeah. This being my first f- big run after surgery, I, I strapped on my knee brace mm-hmm. and I said, I'm just going to walk it. Yep. There were times where I was trying to walk fast and I may have gotten into a bit of a trot to get ahead of you to take some photos, but. I did exactly what my what my uh, therapist told me to do, which was walk it.
0: Doctors, yeah.
1: And I mean, it was not my certainly not my fastest time. It 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 was frustrating because I actually am feeling really good. My update for everybody is that Mm. that rehab is going very well. I, in fact, as of the day we're recording, I had my um, most recent therapy session this morning. Did Everything's going very well. They're very okay. pleased with the progress there. So Yay. I felt great during that. The only problem that I had with that was the darn leg brace itself. The knee yes. brace was actually rubbing me raw in spots. I was about ready to throw that thing into the Anchorage Bay because it was just driving me nuts. Other than that, I felt really good. That's why
0: I wear capri leggings when I... I can't
1: rock that, so... I know. That's not going to happen. I know,
0: but if you ever are in a really cold race and I've seen you layer like shorts and then those... Maybe
1: for Jeff's race, because Jeff's race, if you're looking... By comparison, Jeff's race is hillier in Atlanta than this one is.
0: And he says as much.
1: But the hills are about the same size. Yes so there are more hills in Atlanta, but you're not going to get anything worse than running in Atlanta. Right. Right. Would that be a fair? I would think that's fair assessment.
0: That's a fair assessment. And and running in Atlanta, there's nothing bad about it. It's just a a little bit more of an ascent on the hills. And it was colder. And and a little bit colder. And a lot rainier. Yes. This year.
1: So talk about the bling.
0: Well, I'll say this, earning the bling for me I I decided against the PR. I decided against the PR.
1: She's being kind. She decided to stay with her gimpy husband is it what was, it was. She didn't want to leave me. I was, kept trying to tell her to go and she wouldn't.
0: I was very torn. And I know that I talked on previous episodes about wanting to go for a PR at this race. But... I felt like it was more important to me mentally to to stay with you, and I even tried to get ahead of you a little bit on part of the course. But then I thought, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing?
1: You're just leaving your crippled husband behind. Exactly. That's all. Right. You know. So no big deal.
0: <laughs> I know you're being sarcastic. <laughs> I know that's sarcasm from you, but seriously, it. W- I was very torn in my mind, and really, what that meant was I should stay with you and see it through because there are going to be other races that have flat course opportunities for PR when you are fully healed and I'm not worried.
1: And I think that'll be our next race. That I think our next big race is the uh Wine and Dine well, yeah, half marathon at Jeff Disney. Jeff says
0: that's congested in some in so many places that it's not always opportune to PR there.
1: True. That's also true. But but I I mean, that's our next big race. The rest of it's going to be training Mm -hmm. weeks leading up to that. And then following that race, we have Jeff's race scheduled back in Atlanta. Yay. So again, the bling. Talk about the bling. Yes,
0: I'm sorry. The bling. The bling. We talked about the one miler medal and how it was a blue ribbon and it was like a metallic kind of
1: iridescent,
0: iridescent, reflective, purple and gold. Mm-hmm. And this, it said half marathon, thirteen point one Anchorage Run Fest on it, and it was just bigger than the one miler, but it had the same color tones.
1: There, I love the bling. It was great. Both of these races. Number yeah. one, I I never suspected I was going to even get a finisher's medal at the one miler. Right. So Kudos to the folks at the Anchorage Run Fest for even thinking to do that. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. And then this one, same theme, but, oh. big, but larger.
0: Yeah, but larger. It was really beautiful, and I I liked their theme and how they carried it through for all of their medals for all the different races. I liked it.
1: I did too. Yeah. So... I'd do it again. Overall, okay. So I was going to ask you, would you recommend this race to people?
0: Well, I uh, yes, absolutely. And you know, our girl dog back here is recommending the Apparently race too. She is. <laughs> if That's you her. hear her, if she you did. hear some barking,
1: <laughs> uh, she's giving it her seal of approval. <laughs>
0: it's National Dog Day, so happy National Dog Day out there, anybody. <laughs> Everybody, and she's giving her stamp of approval too. <laughs> so,
1: so yeah, I would, ag- I would agree. I would give this, I would recommend this. I think that the natural beauty you've got to look at <sighs> the course is paved flat, yeah, very little on surface streets to worry about traffic. And the parts that you Loved have that. are so well managed. Mm. Anchorage PD not only was out on the course in force, those guys and ladies had a recruiting booth set up at the expo. Expo. So they were supporting the expo. They were supporting the race with detail officers. Just fantastic. So So great. I I never felt unsafe. And, oh, here's something to to remember. Along the race course, there was the potential to encounter wildlife. And they Uh, talked about that a lot. There are actually moose that sometimes show up. Um, I guess there's the potential for bears. But we didn't. See Aside that. from squirrels and some really unique local fowl, some wild, you know, birds, we didn't really see anything that was no. dangerous, so I never felt unsafe. Right. And then the PD handling traffic was perfect. Yeah. So, absolutely would recommend this. This mm-hmm. is a fantastic race course. We oh. are actually kicking around doing another race up there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that would be for 2020 or 2021, I think. right.
0: So. Right. I even think their race shirt was very cool, the orange.
1: I'm wearing purple, it as we speak.
0: The yellow, it reminds me very much of the artist's work in the Key West.
1: I n- I notice a lot of ra- that the these types of shirts are rare. These are more mm-hmm. photorealistic where like an artist does a shirt and then yeah. it, it they just they make it work when they mm-hmm. they they do the entire shirt as this print of an artist's work yeah. or a photo mm-hmm. the guys in key west do that exact same thing yep. here it's, it's very similar it's a great shirt though this is that perforated tech shirt
0: yeah I it's think very so comfortable it's very similar the
1: swag was perfect yeah so you know again i really have nothing aside from the the distance to get there and that is not yeah. that's not a small thing just to to I think you just have to plan plan for for it. It. Exactly.
0: And I think that knowing what we know now, we might have left a little bit earlier to acclimate ourselves. Yes, without a doubt. A little bit better. I
1: I would have given us at least one more day ahead and and maybe a day on the end.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So,
1: you know, next year. Yeah. Next time.
0: But listen, 13.1 makes you so hungry. It does. So hungry. And there is
1: no shortage of awesome food up there and we didn't have to go and shoot or catch any of it ourselves
0: no we went to a place to celebrate our half marathon and our one mile or the the fact that we accomplished all of our goals and races at the glacier brew house
1: now that's probably going to sound a whole lot like oh amy and dana went to yet another brew pub no well, no this sort is of. this is not a brew pub
0: well i'll say this they have such great ratings on Yelp, and they have a spot on Open Table, which is really great because there's always a wait. If you read all the reviews, they're not wrong, and they're not wrong. So making the reservation on Open Table, I say, is a tip if you're going to experience the Glacier Brew House, and everybody should because this was outstanding, and we're going to talk about the food here in a minute. But That's
1: it. But it's not a brew pub. No. This is not a brewery. Although, I mean, they have a brewery mm in-house. This place is a nice sit-down steakhouse. Yeah. That also... Seafood. And seafood. Yeah. And, and, and. But they also have a brewery inside.
0: Yeah. So they do their own original brews that are great, that we'll talk about on a later show. And their menu is awesome of food.
1: They have a really wide selection. I I, I liken this to to classic steakhouses that yeah. we grew up with. Yeah, you can absolutely get seafood. You can get steak. You can get burgers and salads and pizza. All that. And then they have. Pizzas or flatbreads
0: and salad. So yeah, like you said, there's a wide variety. But we went for a maybe, celebratory dinner. Yeah, and maybe this is the first time that we've really targeted a celebratory meal like this. That's more upscale and can be pricier.
1: And this place is upscale. You walk in, it's gorgeous. It's got all this wood. Uh, the they've got a big hearth in the middle. That tables are sitting right around. I love it. They didn't have a fire going that night because the temperatures weren't low enough to really justify it. No. They off in the corner they have a big bar and that bar is not only servicing the waiters who are serving tables, but they also have patrons sitting at the bar. Yes. And then they have this giant open kitchen design and our server invited us, hey guys. Grab your camera if you want, go mm-hmm. up, go walk the line and check food out. I'm in no hurry to take your food order. Yeah, because we were indecisive a little bit because everything looked so good. It really did. And, you know, you could see the food coming out. So there, I mean, there are a number of restaurant concepts that have that, but they really put the food preparation on display for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. it. What Travis was great.
1: He was awesome. Yeah. So shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Travis, you hear this. In
0: terms of server, yeah. Ask for Travis. He takes great care of you, and he's very knowledgeable about everything on the menu.
1: And while we were there, we wanted to get a, a taste of a little bit of everything, but we wanted to get things that were, again, uniquely Alaska or had an Alaska twist on things that we might want from home. Yeah. Similar to what we did with our in our last episode. Right. So...
0: The appetizer was awesome because usually when we talk about the Keys, when we talk about Florida, we talk about smoked fish dip.
1: Smoked fish dip is a very common thing here in Florida. It mm-hmm. tends to be very smoky and it's a, usually an inexpensive white fish. You'll often see things like mahi or depending on the more rural parts of Florida, you, you'll see mullet. Yeah, Because that's a very inexpensive fish. Mm -hmm. But up in Alaska, you do as the Alaskans do.
0: And you order the Alaskan Smoked Salmon Dip.
1: So they use alder wood as their smoking wood here at this restaurant. And in fact, we saw that at a couple of spots that we were at. So that's, that's something that's uniquely Alaska. And then they're using Alaskan Sockeye Salmon that they, instead of drowning it in a mayo they were using a, a a light dressing of greek yogurt lemon zest capers and dill
0: and it was served in a mason jar
1: which yeah like a half a mason jar
0: like a half a mason jar it wasn't huge and i feel like those toppings like the the fish what took up most of that mason jar. Mm-hmm. And then the toppings that you have just described were just on the top. A layer on and, top. A layer on top and kind of a little bit trickling down, but nothing to take away from that actual smoked salmon.
1: No, in fact, I would say that the salmon was mostly intact. The The fish, you could really see the texture of the meat. Yeah, It wasn't pureed to a paste. Yeah. And then you had... You, the way you could kind of dig down into it with your, either your fork or with the bread, and, and you could get as much or as little of the yogurt and the other toppings as you wanted. Oh,
0: so good.
1: Just the right amount of smoke.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the lemon zest, the capers, and the dill added that tang. Mm-hmm. That you that was the perfect compliment and the crunch of that grilled artisan bread. That
1: grilled bread was so good. Mm, you know, they drizzled like a, it with olive oil. They char. threw it on their hot uh, on their hot grill, and mm. you just had the grill marks on the bread. It was perfect. I'd eaten just a basket of that bread.
0: I know, I know. And then the sweet gherkins that it came with,
1: which was a very nice. A moose boosh to just clean cleanse the palate. Yeah, you know, like a palate
0: cleanser. Yeah, yeah, that I would get again and again, and like the huge chunks of fish, and it just, even if you are not generally, uh, I'm gonna order a whole salmon, and you're not, and I'm not, I would get that again and again because it's not overly fishy. But it brings the brininess of the sea and then all of the, the zest and the capers and the, the saltiness there. Mm-hmm. And it just, the bread is crunchy. It, it was delightful.
1: And I would say comparing it to a traditional Florida fish dip, it was very different.
0: Yeah, because the chunks of the fish were bigger and it wasn't more like, you know how when you get tuna fish, on a sandwich for lunch, mm-hmm. how it's really kind of... Blended. ...combined so that you can't even see the chunks of the fish almost. Yep. It's not like that. It's just huge chunks of that salmon.
1: It was fantastic. Yeah. And it really highlighted the Alaskan smoked salmon. Mm-hmm. So that is absolutely something worth checking out if you make it over to Glacier Brew House.
0: Yeah, and they had other starters that I was really interested in. They really
1: did. They had a um they had a a jalapeno skillet cornbread that was served in a cast iron skillet.
0: And it had like syrup that was
1: birch butter syrup. syrup.
0: And I was just so interested in that and the seafood chowder the oh, Alaskan the seafood the chowder, chowder with the corn. I was like so interested in getting that, but we needed to move on to the entrees.
1: And and oh. yours. Let yeah. me just say. Oh my god. We are steak and potatoes people. Yes, Normally, I mean, we, if you've heard us talk for a while, you know that we we tend to go v- vegetarian or vegan 6 days a week so that we can eat all this cool stuff on the 7th day. Oh. we live for day 7 mm-hmm. and you went hardcore in the direction of steak
0: i was super conflicted because they had the alaskan king crab legs on the
1: siberian menu siberian king crab it was coming from the strait the the bering, bering strait
0: red king crab legs and i so wanted them and so travis again was a super help so helpful when he said, oh, you could just add on a half a pound of the, of the crab legs. And I was like, perfect, I can have surf and turf because that Alderwood grilled ribeye oh, was calling good. to me, calling to me, grilled 16 ounce, 28 day aged beef with a garlic herb butter.
1: My mouth's watering just from you mentioning that because I love dry aged beef. And I love that extra umami, that extra smokiness. unctuousness that you get from a dry-aged mm. uh, chunk of beef, and, and it was so good.
0: It, it was delicious, and they would cook it any way you want. I had it medium rare. The
1: only correct answer to how would you like your steak prepared?
0: But when it came, it had such a char from that Alderwood grill.
1: It's a fire, yeah, it's a wood-fired grill. yeah and your steak i mean it it was a strong char flavor so but yeah i loved it
0: yeah it was it was great it was maybe more of a char than i expected to have
1: was it too much for you
0: and no i don't think so it's just might be for some it might be for some it might be overly charred if you're just mm. expecting a little bit of a grill Kind of grill marks, and then
1: now to be clear, they're not burning the steak. No, it's, no, it's the flavor coming from that wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, because it was when I cut into it, it was the perfect medium rare. It really was perfect it was combination. Picture perfect. Yeah, of that char on the outside, and then the tender meat on the inside. Perfect combination of meat to fat ratio. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and the herb butter. Oh my gosh! I can't like I'm I may drool right now <laughs> because it was so delicious. And then they had Matanuska Valley potatoes and grilled asparagus with a little bit of Sitka smoked sea salt.
1: Oh, I didn't have your vegetables. How were those? Because that, that it actually looked really good.
0: Delightful. I mean, if you like asparagus, which I do, it was amazing. Like the the woody ends had been trimmed off. And it was so tender and buttery. And, and the potatoes just were were also that kind of creamy, but had a texture on the outside that just worked that firm texture. I'm, mm, oh, oh, it was so good. But let me just say that your entree was amazing. And, and that's coming. From somebody who doesn't like whole white fish as an entree a lot.
1: No, you, you, the only time I ever see you order white fish is fish and chips. Mm-hmm. And I mean, true. The only time. Yeah. So I decided I was going to go full Alaska. You yes. know, if you couldn't give me a whole you know, chunk of reindeer or <laughs> yak or something Ooh. like that, which I found out they raise yaks up there for, for meat, I was going to go with the freshest thing that they had. And that night they had <sighs> fresh Alaskan halibut.
0: It looked so good.
1: And you got a, I want to say it was either a six or an eight ounce filet. It looked large. Of Alaskan halibut that they coated with one of my favorite things, which is basil pesto, yum! And they use spent grain breadcrumbs to give it that crunch, and they they sear, you know, pan seared that, and they served it on top of garlic mashed potatoes with a roasted tomato vinaigrette uh, tossed seasonal green salad on the ta- on the plate. Uh. So, I got this giant hunk of perfectly cooked halibut i mean it was the flakiest juiciest and i've had dry halibut and dry cod before Mm -hmm. this was perfectly cooked not dry the basil pesto and green breadcrumb crust that they did on that kept the like a, a nice seared crispiness on the outside so you had a this perfect crust and then you get a little bit of of a bite of the fish with the potato, perfect bite, then you had that little you know tossed salad on your on your plate so you could get a little bit of mm. acid to kind of cut through mm. cut through that a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was so good, and i I just i couldn't tell you i mean this was probably the freshest halibut i mean they were saying this was this was you know swimming that day
0: and It's a leaner cut of fish. It's not like a fatty fish.
1: No, I mean, salmon is a naturally fatty fish. right? Um, You know, but this just had a very lean, very, very clean flavor. I mean, it was a perfect white fish. If you like halibut or cod, if you are a fan of fish and chips, Mm. then you're going to love this. And the only difference is you're breading instead of a beer batter is an herb crust. And I love basil pesto anyway. You could spread that on a car bumper and I would give it a shot. And this was probably one of the best dishes I've had in the last six months to a year.
0: It was, you let me try that. And that fish had the perfect crunch on the crust had that basil flavor, mm-hmm. such fresh basil but flavor, but not overpowering. But not overpowering of the fish, and the fish didn't have a fishy flavor. Not at all. It was just the sea.
1: Again, if your fish tastes like fishy, it tastes fishy. It's probably not good.
0: It was. It was so good.
1: This really was.
0: And that's. A lot coming from
1: me. <laughs> but then both of us, yes. you know, we split the difference. Mm. You decided that you were going to go with the surf and turf, and you got that extra order of the half pound of Bering Sea Red King crab legs. And yes. I said, you know what? We are here. We're celebrating. We, yeah. we don't often do these big sit-down meals for the podcast. That are super and said, pricey. Le- or This was a little pricey, yeah. but, you know, uh, again, well worth it because we were yeah. celebrating uh a big trip and a big win for me in my yes. kind of my first my first half marathon post surgery yeah so i said you know what tack on a half pound of red sea <sighs> king crab or, or bering sea red king crab legs to my order as and well my, so you went surf so and turf i went good. surf and surf
0: Oh, it was so good. Now, you do have to work when you are with crab legs, but if you know that you can use your fork when you break open those crab legs, that or when you tear them apart, that you can use... I mean, they come with the cracker, but if you can crack it, and then you can use your fork to kind of get the rest of the shell, or if they have scissors...
1: Which we could have asked for, yeah. but we're both pretty seasoned experts at extracting crab meat from crabs.
0: And the steam, and it came out so fresh that the shell was easy to get into. In fact, Mm -hmm. I had that part first. So did I. Before I got to my main entree because I thought... Well, while it's hot, it's easy to crack and get into that butter with that lemon on the side.
1: Yeah, pro tip, if you order crab legs, they do not get better the longer they sit.
0: No, well, they get harder to get into, and they get tougher as they get cold. So these were so fresh and so tender, and that crab flavor, oh, Goodness. Okay,
1: um, now most people in the continental United States, on average, if you're getting crab legs, you're getting snow crab, and yes. snow crab can be pretty large, and you get a yes. pretty good amount of meat for the work you that do. you're doing. You do. But when you order king crab, and a lot of people look at the it's price sweet. on a menu and go, "Holy bleep!" because <laughs> it's expensive. It is. I for us, if you were going to order just the pound and a half of crab legs there, it was almost seventy dollars. Yeah. And I believe that by us ordering each getting a half a pound, it was less than that. for Because it
0: didn't come with sides. It
1: didn't come with sides and yep. we didn't get a full pound and a half. But that the average going price for a pound and a half of king crab legs, not snow crab legs, king crab legs, up there in Alaska or in Anchorage from the places that we saw walking around town was $69.95. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it was here. It's true. But I will tell you, when you were talking about you cracked that leg Ugh. and you were pulling out a intact filet of crab meat that's the size of a third-pound hot dog, it is worth every penny. And these crabs so were swimming that morning.
0: Tender. So tender. Didn't and so, really
1: even need butter.
0: It was so sweet.
1: Sweet, juicy. We were, uh, leading up to going here, we were reading some people's reviews of the crab legs. And and some people were just spot on saying, yes, these were great. And others were like, eh, not so much. I guarantee if they got the same service that we did, they probably let them sit, let them sit for a little while.
0: Because if you let them sit, so, it's it's not a room temperature dish.
1: We each got, what, two legs?
0: Yeah, but they were no joke.
1: Two legs and each one had a claw. So you had leg meat and claw Huge. meat. Huge, Phenomenal. Oh. And really easy to get into. The meat was tender, sweet. Juicy, perfect. And for you, I mean you had the best of both worlds, surf and turf. I did. And I but couldn't complain about anything either.
0: Yeah, you had you had surf and surf.
1: So I did. Surf it's and surf.
0: Different. At, but we couldn't get away without dessert oh, on a celebratory meal like this. Not
1: normally something I go for and but i was all on board because we had had we had somebody who was coming out of the restaurant we struck up conversation on yes. the street and yeah. there and we were like hey you know what do you recommend they're like you have got to get the peanut, peanut butter, butter pie. pie i'm like okay i mean they they were like aggressively enthusiastic about it
0: yes and reviews online said it was unlike any other
1: and they weren't wrong
0: and i grew up my dad has a special recipe for peanut butter pie and, like, the, the pudding that goes on top and, like, powdered sugar and that, that kind of thing mm-hmm. and then a meringue. This was peanut butter pie that was coated in a chocolate
1: Oh, it was so good.
0: Like a hard, not it, it's not like magic shell hard, but it was... A
1: ganache.
0: Like a firm a outer ganache coating yeah. of chocolate. And then you broke into the soft peanut center, the peanut butter center. Oh my God. If you love peanut butter and you love chocolate, dark chocolate, and the chocolate cookie
1: crust... I, I would say this, if if you're a fan of like a Reese's Cup.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Don't think Reese's Cup. Think elevated Reese's Cup. Yeah, yeah. And it was just everything you could want. the The sweet, <sighs> the creamy, the crunchy. So good. Perfect. Perfect peanut butter pie.
0: And it was good to split it.
1: It was rich. I don't. I honestly don't know if I could have eaten a whole one if I had tried. I'm right. glad that we we I, chose we, to split.
0: Yeah, that was very smart because it is very rich in terms of that chocolate outer coating. But
1: visually, the whole thing is so gorgeous,
0: beautiful. And yeah. check
1: out the 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 episode artwork. We've yep. got it there. Yep, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you start eating with your eyes. This thing's spot on for what you would oh. what you would want, and it is just. You know, everything you could want a, a chocolate peanut butter pie.
0: Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So what, are, good. what do they
1: say on their menu? It's chocolate cookie crust, creamy peanut butter filling, guitard chocolate oh. ganache, yeah. and chocolate sauce.
0: And it was dusted with like some crumbles of peanut butter well, I, or, almost, or nuts I, or I
1: almost thought that it, when, when it came out, I almost thought that they dust this with like pureed, Butterfinger? I don't know, but it looked like it. It kind of looked like it. It kind of tasted like it, but so uh, good. it was amazing. So good. So the whole meal, I just
0: highly recommend. And I can't wait to talk about their beers.
1: They do have more fast, casual type stuff that you yeah. can get. If you want to get burgers Pizza. and pizzas Salad. and, and salads or flatbreads, you absolutely can. Yeah. We chose to go with a sit-down meal. Mm-hmm. But this place is not going to disappoint. Just yeah. remember call ahead, get a reservation, get on open table. Open
0: table. Because yeah. Because
1: they are constantly on a wait. This is one of those places that's very close to the hotels that service the cruise lines. Yep. And we had a ton of people who were there from the cruise lines.
0: Mhm. Yes. So, get on open table. Open table. Mhm. Because that's how we got in. I don't I don't know if you can call ahead, but it is So good to have an open table account and then just to make a reservation because then they expect you. We were seated super quick,
1: right on time.
0: And Travis was great. The meal was great. Can't wait to talk about their great beer selection on a later episode this week.
1: Yeah. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I, I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo, then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name-brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo. And then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. So let's talk about beer. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about their beer.
0: Thirsty. I'm thirsty.
1: We're going back to another place that we talked about on the last episode.
0: Yes. When we talked about Moose's Tooth Pub and Pizzeria, we talked about their awesome pizza.
1: And it was awesome. I'm not going to lie. I've actually been craving that and I've even reindeer, thought about reindeer sausage. I've actually much? thought about going on Amazon and ordering reindeer sausage. I'm oh, not gonna lie.
0: Don't get the canned stuff. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but in in episode 76 last week, we talked about their amazing pizza. I love that sun dried tomato and chorizo combination of that brew house and favorite. I, and
1: I love the steak and reindeer <sighs> sausage combo.
0: Yes, the call of the wild. So if you didn't hear that, definitely go back and have a listen. But they also have an original eclectic beer menu from Broken Tooth Brewing Company. And it's great.
1: Yeah, I think it's so awesome that this restaurant group is doing a a number of things. You got Beartooth... Broken Tooth and Moose's Tooth
0: and Bear Tooth is the theater pub. Their so theater you can pub, which I would have loved to
1: have checked out. Yeah, we see? Just didn't have time.
0: We just got to spend longer in Alaska.
1: That's what we got to do. Moose's Tooth is their brewery, and then Broken no, or no, no Moose's Tooth is the the pub and pizzeria, and yeah. then and then
0: Broken Tooth. Broken Tooth is the brewing company that's there. Are a lot of teeth beer. involved here? You know, Moose's Tooth pizzeria, Broken Tooth brewing company, up. Uh, then the bear is the theater yeah yeah
1: so while we were there we actually decided hey let's record a hot take on the beers that we have you and just kind of
0: started that and didn't give me any warning. i didn't That's i just i just
1: fired up the recording device yeah. and said let's, let's go! go so we want to let you listen to our hot take on a couple of beers that we had there and then we're going to talk about two more that we had while we were there as well so uh, give this a listen and uh, check out these two beers from Broken Tooth Brewing Company. Hey guys, this is Dana from the Running Drink Podcast at runeatdrink.net. Welcome to our impromptu hot take yeah. on a couple of beers.
0: Hey, it's Amy and really your cameraman just thrust me in front of the microphone to review a beer on demand so I was asking
1: if I'd pronounce this because I just well, Chu- you, Chugach uh, Chugach or Chugach we can ask when the waiter comes back we're here at the Moose's Tooth Pub and Pizzeria in Anchorage, Alaska yes we are and apparently number one from the looks of it this is probably one of the most popular crazy crazy popular spots here in town the Yelp reviews even look crazy popular. Yeah, and come to find out, this is part of a this this restaurant group's series. They've got this place, yes, another place called Broken Tooth.
0: That's the the brewery. They
1: have the a brewery. brewery. A bear Tooth.
0: The theater pub,
1: which is a combination movie theater and pub,
0: or musical acts,
1: or musical acts or
0: what have you so so
1: yeah I mean it's been uh, been a pretty interesting 24 hours yeah and we actually haven't even been here 24 hours yet but uh, we're closing in on it we (laughs) spent 14 plus hours yesterday in the air getting here um I can't we ran you the one that. miler this morning, Woo! Oh, is that what you're <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah. we came here. We're grabbing some pizza and some beers. Amy grabbed us a couple of uh, beers while we were waiting, and we decided, you know what? Let's do a hot take on these beers. So you got the Chugach Session Cream Ale. Yes. What's their description say? Read that brewed, for us.
0: Brewed cool like a lager, but with an ale yeast. Think of it as an American Kolsch, balanced and easy drinking. This is lightest beer on our menu 13 ibu the bitterness units and then 4.8 ABV.
1: okay so your hot take what do you think of it
0: i understand what they mean by i think of it as an american colch because it has that same kind of body as the poolside date at J-Dubs in Sarasota. So that's, but when they said pre I thought, oh, it's going to be sweet. But it's just like a, a creamier
1: body. Now, it looks slightly cloudy, mm-hmm. but golden color. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, medium carbonation.
1: How's the body on?
0: It's, I mean, it's maybe a little bit more robust than the poolside culture.
1: So... Okay.
0: That's... that's, I expected it to be sweeter when it's in premium, but it's not. Okay. But it's not too bitter.
1: And would you get it again?
0: I might, but I want to try some other original beers from here. Yeah, now
1: this place, they do brew a ton of their own beer here. Um...
0: Not on premises, but...
1: Not on premises. Right. But they brew a ton of their own beer, and they are they are cranking it out in there in terms of the yes. food as well.
0: Yeah. What did you get?
1: Well, I got what you gave me. As, that's what I got. I did. Um, I, she yeah. ordered for me, and <laughs> yeah. she got me the Van Dam, as in the Jean Claude Van Dam. Although they don't say Jean Claude, probably for copyright infringement or something. Maybe but, uh, I don't know. This. Their description says, We are happy to offer you this beautiful, light amber-colored, and incredibly tasty Belgian Strong Ale. Layers of flavors are awaiting you in both aroma and taste. The Belgian yeast is certainly the star of the show, as it gives off wonderful fruity and bubblegum notes. Van Damme will give you a roundhouse of deliciousness. So, this comes in a... I want to say this is a... Six and a half ounce. I don't know, it looks form. smaller. It's smaller than a standard pint. Yes. Uh, oh.
0: And it looks darker. It's still a golden color, but it looks
1: darker than mine. It's it's darker golden on the cusp of being an amber. Mm-hmm. Medium to heavy body. Yeah. This one clocks in at 9.1% ABV and 25 IBU, so not super bitter. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, now when they say bubblegum, that a lot of people interpret that flavor as banana. Yeah. So when you often hear people talking about Belgians, us included, you'll hear things like notes of banana, Mm -hmm. and clove, and they are spot on. This is a hefty, substantial Belgian ale that gives you those banana and clove notes that you want from a Belgian. Mm. I am super happy with what you picked you like for me. Good. Yes.
0: Good and like I say, you know the cream ale. I expect it to be sweeter, but I understand it's more related to the poolside culture than a sweeter cream dessert kind of thing yeah so or like a cream soda flavor
1: well we've got some food coming and we are going to be bringing you guys some fantastic content all week I mean yeah races tomorrow
0: well the race tomorrow we <laughs> <laughs> the one that we'll be participating in is the half marathon. But there is a 5K. There is a half marathon. There
1: is a full marathon.
0: And there is
1: a 49 k A 49K. So if you come out and do the 49K, you can PR in a 49K because nobody else does a 49K. All right. Well, <laughs> that was our hot take on the beers that we had while we were waiting to get seated.
0: That is true, but... You know, when we had the pizza, we had to have something to wash it down as well.
1: We did. And I ended up going with something that was near and dear to my heart only because I am a child of the 70s and 80s. And Star Wars is just, that's my jam. And they had a beer on tap called... Darth Delirium 2019. Sorry. This is a Belgian-style stout brewed with chocolate. It is 9.9% ABV, 56 IBU, so... Bitterness. Little, like, middle of the road on bitterness. Yeah. Up there on the alcohol content. And yeah. as they describe it, it's a big Belgian-style stout dr brewed with chocolate, they brewed Darth once a year and let it mature for 12 months before they release it. In 2001, the first year that it was brewed, Darth won the Great American Beer Fest gold medal and a World Beer Cup bronze medal. Since then, it took another Great American Beer Fest gold in 2008 and a bronze in 2014. They say that Darth is not just a beer, it's an experience. And I will tell you, That they're not wrong. This is a cup of delicious dark chocolate adult goodness. It is the closest thing you could get to maybe having a Hershey's special dark in a beer.
0: It's an alcoholic chocolate bar for you.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. And... It's not too bitter. It's not too sweet. It's just the right balance. That IBU being in that fifty-six that in the mid fifties right there is so perfect because that gives you just that little when you're drinking it, but it's not it's not making you go, wow, you know, that it's is just super. It's too bitter. bitter, I can't right. handle it. It's not like the like a really bad imperial stout where you're going, man, they're just hitting you in the face with hops. It's fantastic. Good, it really is, and I could totally see this one on uh, when, when their weather starts getting colder. Oh yeah, being one I would go to when I have have a slice of pizza there
0: for sure. Or you know, this place <clears throat> it is very popular. And (laughs) sometimes you have to wait and I can see you in the beer garden where the fire pit is having this in the colder weather.
1: That'd be so nice.
0: Yeah. And the one I had. You went the complete opposite direction. I can also see where this would be nice around that fire pit while you're waiting for a table or as a nice compliment to one of their dessert offerings. I had the hard apple, and it is (laughs) an ale, Mm -hmm. and it is the IBU is zero.
1: Zero. Zero,
0: people. Zero. And the ABV was 4.8% alcohol by volume, and it was yellow in color, but it had a tinge of red, and it was cloudy. It had a mellow apple aroma and a little bit of spice. And I couldn't really pinpoint different apples in it. And I know I've talked about ciders in the past and fruit beers in the past where I can say, oh, yeah, that tastes like a Granny Smith Mm -hmm. or that tastes like a Macintosh or a Washington apple. This one had a mixture of apples. So it was sweet and tart, and not bitter in any way.
1: I really liked it when you let me take, take a sip. I, I, thought, I said, that's just excellent. Yeah, You're, it
0: highlights the flavor of apple.
1: Yes. Yeah, without trying to get fancy.
0: Or uh, be overly sweet like a dessert. Exactly. Or overly tart. Like sometimes a Granny Smith can be
1: very pleasant, so. very easy to drink, and at four point yeah. eight, I mean, it's not. Eh, you know, you're starting to creep up towards five, but you, but have, a couple of well, those you have a couple of those when you have easily.
0: pizza or like the wings that we saw there. Oh my god,
1: their wings did look really good. They looked
0: good. We were coveting
1: other people's food.
0: I just think, yeah, the beers we had there were excellent, along with the pizza.
1: Well. So this is a place that is strong in their food game and they're strong in their beer game. Yep. So you are not going to go wrong right. by stopping by here for a pint. This is tooth is worth the wait. Absolutely. Worth the wait. So yeah. we've talked about the half marathon, we have talked about our absolutely amazing experience at the Glacier Brew House and for then we,
0: celebration. And then
1: we capped it off with delicious beer over there at moose's tooth yes so our experience at the anchorage run fest was so good that we floridians are considering (laughs) a return trip yes so let that be you know your barometer for you know how good you you think we thought this trip was yeah it was excellent yeah and it's absolutely one that we are going to recommend to all of our friends out there in the runcation nation
0: and, you know, we had so much great food and beverage in the Anchorage area that we are still
1: not done. We're still not. No. We, we have, still have more that we haven't even alluded to yet.
0: Because coming up, we have the Glacier Brewhouse that we didn't even talk about the flight of original beers that you had or I had. Plus.
1: Will their beer game be as strong as their food game? find out on the tuned. next episode the next quick bite of the running drink podcast
0: yes and you know we had a late flight on monday night so how did we kill time we Is found another a, place we to found go another another place to go so midnight sun stay tuned for that in the meantime in the meantime really how do you come down on that question when you run a longer race like a half marathon a marathon Hey, a 49 or 50K, do you bring your own hydration, a running belt, hydration backpack, or just a bottle like Jeff and Barb Galloway with the flat soda?
1: Or do you throw a caution to the wind and, and just say, say I'm going to go with whatever the race, the race organizers provide us?
0: Let us know. Leave us a one-minute message, a video, uh, an audio recording. Or video. Or, I mean, you could do video, yeah? And email it to us or call us with it at info at runeatdrink.net. That's info at runeatdrink.net. You could attach your audio file, let us know where you're from, who you are, and what your opinion is in one minute or less. Or you could send it to us at our phone number. You could call and leave us a voicemail. Or send us a text message with a little voice memo attached at 941-677-2733.
1: Was that 941-677-2733?
0: Perfect.
1: Okay. Perfect.
0: So let us know so we can make you run, eat, drink, podcast famous. It's not
1: very famous, but we would love to include you guys on the show. We love hearing from you. Yeah. And, you know, welcoming and part of the family to join in on the show
0: yes and recommendations are always welcome
1: and next week we have more quick bites featuring food and drink from anchorage that we absolutely could not fit into this episode that's gone over an hour this week we're so sorry Um, hopefully you're on a long run this week but it was well worth it we think Um, we want to share everything so that you guys know where to accomplish explore and indulge in the case that you might want to travel up to the great, White North in Anchorage, Alaska.
0: Yes, we had a lot of fun. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening on your commute, on your long run, when you're cleaning the house, wherever. We're just happy that you are part of our Runcation Nation listening into our podcast.
1: And guys, we are starting to put together our calendar for 2020. Right now, we've already started doing the groundwork for that. If you've got an idea for a race, yes for us to go to let us know let us know 941-677-2733 or
0: info at RuneatDrink.net. for now it's amy and dana wishing you a great week and we'll talk to you soon thanks for listening to this week's episode of the run eat drink podcast we're having a great third year because of your support don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at run, eat, drink Podcast, And on Twitter, we're at runeatdrinkpod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at run, eat, Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.